0: Welcome to Patients in Their Own Words, a patient-centricity podcast by ZS. I'm Fiona Taylor, Principal and Lead of ZS's Qualitative Expertise Centre and Patient Insight Practice. As we continue our own path at ZS to move beyond patient-centricity and become more patient-led, we cherish each opportunity to hear a patient's story. In 2022, we created a patient community at ZS called the Patients as People Collab. It's about patient engagement, co-creation, and most importantly, listening to each patient's voice. We called it the Patients as People Collab because while to the healthcare system, each of us might just be a patient with MS or multiple myeloma or a rare kidney disease, that is only part of our identity. And in designing solutions with patients and for patients, we need to ensure we take that more holistic view. Join me in listening to the stories shared by members of our patient collab.
1: My name is Dennis Fakes. I, uh, I will be 75 years old on Wednesday. So I've got a big uh, diamond birthday coming up Wednesday. So we're going to celebrate. Anyway, I'm surprised. I'm pleased to be at 75 because in the year 2000, I believe it was, I uh, had a very rough time. Uh, uh, the week of uh, thanks, Thanksgiving, I got very, very sick. I didn't know why I was sick. And uh, ended up in the hospital, and they put me in the intensive care unit for about a week, a little less than a week, six days. And uh, found that I had an obst- obstructed portal vein. I never knew a, what a portal vein was, but I had an obstructed one. Couldn't figure out why in the world, was what was going on? Well, an oncologist was there, and he did some further testing. And so it was at the end of January in 2021, he discovered that I had multiple myeloma. And when I first heard that and did a little in initial interviewing, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'll never live to be 75. And I thought the end was in sight. But I read uh, in one of the places that if you really want um, to to get control of this, find a specialist and deal with a specialist. And so I uh, found a specialist in Alabama, down at Birmingham, University of Alabama, Birmingham, UAB Hospital, um, uh, Dr. Costa. And uh, he was fantastic. He in- immediately prescribed a regimen and connected me with a local oncologist who had been his student, so they knew each other quite well. And so uh, so I began weekly treatments, uh, the typical treatment uh, for a uh, four treatment uh, process. Uh, I'd go in every week to the Clearview Cancer Institute here in Huntsville, and we'd get my all kinds of uh, all the injections and everything I needed to get. Um, the only results I saw of that is I noticed I noticed some mental clarity was disappearing. Uh, my wife was really afraid. she thought I was developing Alzheimer's really soon. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I, I really had a fuzziness of thinking, also started feeling very weak and developed neuropathy and especially in my uh, feet. Otherwise, I felt fine. I didn't feel comfortable driving, so I didn't drive. I let people take me to the uh, to the cancer institute, and, and that worked very, very well. So, um, so then uh, one of the initial things that my oncologist did here locally is did a bone biopsy uh, through the through my through my hip. And, um, and that did indeed confirm multiple myeloma. My th- children, I have two children, and they live, one lives in Indiana, the other one lives in California. So I didn't get to see them. Uh, when they heard about my sickness, they wanted to come. And I said, please don't come. They won't let you see me. Uh, the hospitals are closed. You cannot come into the hospital, all that stuff. So they didn't. Uh, but they worried considerably. My doctor, uh, Costa, recommended that I, that I do a full stem cell transplant. And um, I didn't know quite what to expect. I wasn't afraid of it, but I wasn't looking forward to it. And it ended up being far worse than I thought. I did not enjoy it. I was glad when it was over with. And, uh, and then the 100 days afterwards, that's what, they, uh, that's what the recommendation is here. Is there was no contact with others. Had to be super, super clean. Uh, we had totally cleaned the house before I went to the stem cell transplant. Um, all the food was made, was very uh, clean. I, I learned to wash my hands. Of course, that's a nice thing COVID has taught, is that we're to wash our hands frequently. And I do that, try to really watch that I don't get any infections. Because the stem, stem cell transplant does eliminate um, all those childhood immunities that one had. I had all the vaccinations. Uh, those are all gone. And now Dr. Costa, my specialist, is uh, giving me uh, immunizations every time I go uh, and I go, like I say, every six months, I go to Birmingham uh, and see Dr. Costa, and then he's got a, a regimen of what of what I'm to get. And so I've gotten some of the major ones like um, uh, polio and um, rubella and some of these things. I have I have received the first dosage of those. So I feel much better about that. And I, I've really tried to stay away from anybody with colds, especially try to stay away from children because... I know they often have uh, childhood diseases. I know my grandchildren have them all the time. So it's a little bit of tension when they come, but I look forward to seeing them, but I have to really be careful. I got so ill at one point, I told my wife, I said, I would just as soon die. I mean, I felt that way. I I was very sick. Um, uh, But I still faithfully tried to get up and walk, uh, exercise. I've always tried to exercise. But that so that was that was a biggie, and the other big one was just beginning the whole treatment for multiple myeloma uh, with the with Velcade um, uh, and uh, and um, lenalidomide and all those things. Um, those are powerful medications, very powerful, also very expensive. Uh, the first year I had to pay for some of them myself, pay at least a good part, portion, and that really set us back uh, financially in some ways. Now, last year I did not have to pay anything for my big, the big one. I'm calling it Land a Little my There's another one. What's another name for it? But anyway, the uh, and this year I've not had to pay for it either. So that's been a very much a gift. I really appreciate. But uh, beginning those those two events were the two big ones that I had that I faced. I'll never get uh, feeling back in my feet. For example, that that um, that it's just that's just there, and so I have to be very careful walking, which is a good thing. I I, I am very careful. Um, <laughs> I learned <laughs> I learned just the other day, in fact, the day that I was supposed to be on this this call that I couldn't get through, I walked hurriedly down the stairs and slipped on the stairs. I've never slipped to fallen, and um, fortunately, I really didn't hurt myself because it was the upper section of the stairs, and there's only four stairs there, so... But I learned don't walk on the stairs in bare feet. So <laughs> I've learned that lesson. I, uh, so I put shoes on now when I walk the stairs. But I have to be careful walking outside. I did fall once outside as well, um, uh, just uneven surfaces. I don't feel in my feet. And that's a lasting thing. And it's OK. I can live with that. That's no problem. It doesn't bother me at all. Otherwise, uh, my mental clarity is fairly much cleared up. I have – I will say this, though. I do have lapses in memory, lapses of trying to think of things. Like just now, trying to think of – revlimid is the word I was thinking of. It should have had a little mind. They're the same thing, but revlimid is uh, the uh, what I'm taking. Trying to think of things is, sometimes comes at uh, cost because uh, I discovered <clears> – <throat> I discovered um, when, my, uh, when my daughter came to see me um, – All of a sudden, we were in mid-conversation, and I suddenly couldn't see. I could only see uh, the bottom half of what I was looking at. The top half was gone. And so I could just see the bottom half of things. And this was a Saturday. I thought I was losing my sight. I was very frightened. I called my eye doctor, ophthalmologist. And uh, even though he's closed on Saturday, he agreed to see me. And so I went in for my eye exam and he says, I think your vision, I, he didn't say, I didn't think, he says, your vision is fine. He says, what I perceive is that you have a vascular problem. Would you mind if I contacted your doctors? I says, no, that would be great. And so my doctors immediately arranged for me to see uh, a neurologist, and he recommended, a, um, a, I forget, his, I, don't, I don't know what it's called, where they, they do an image of the, of the brain. And that revealed that I had had Ah, uh, very recently, just in the occipital, occipital area of my of my head, of my brain, I had had a stroke, a very minor trans ischemic attack, a TIA, and uh, also that same episode revealed that I had had two others, uh, one in each hemisphere, and then one in the back. So I'm evenly distributed, but um, but I think it has it has affected uh, sometimes trying to recall things. And that really disturbs me, because I've always valued a good mind. I'm also quite quite an introvert, so I enjoy being by myself. So that's not a problem either. But I I do two things, especially that I enjoy. Um, One is, I do enjoy art. And so I've really dug into my art. I've developed a web page and uh, and I paint paintings. I put them on my webpage, put them up for sale. I've been commissioned uh, many times and that's been very satisfying and my art seems to be selling pretty well uh, with not a lot of publicity, but some. Um, that's one thing I enjoy doing. The other thing I enjoy very, very much is I enjoy writing. So I've been writing a uh, a, a series of books for my grand, grandchildren. I'm working on run, one right now that I expect to be completed uh, by the end of the month. This will be volume three. Um, so I have I have two volumes already completed. I anticipate a total of six volumes uh, for my grandfather book. But these are for my grandchildren. The very first volume was the first 22 years of my life, and that was available for anybody who wanted to buy it. So some people, a few people bought it. Again, it wasn't publicized, but that's okay. Uh, but now the latest one, uh, I've even told my two children, I says, don't let the grandchildren read these uh, while I'm still alive. They can read it later because <laughs> they get pretty personal. And uh, so, yeah, so I have been uh, busy in those areas. I've also been teaching art. Uh, and, uh, of course, with church activities, I enjoy going to church uh, um, and I uh, enjoy uh, friendships. I have a few friends and we go out for breakfast every week and uh, I go out for coffee with others, and, and that's nice. So, oh, and also, I, I exercise every day. I exercise daily before the multiple myeloma, and now since the multiple myeloma, I try to exercise every day. I do have times uh, where I'm, I'm very, very weak. My fatigue is definitely an issue. I don't like it, I hate it. Um, I absolutely hate it, and it happens daily. So I often take a nap about this time, <laughs> or a little earlier, and um, and that seems to revive me, and then and then and then I'm ready for until I go to bed, which is pretty early. I go to bed, and sometimes go to bed at eight o'clock, sometimes eight fifteen, eight thirty, at the very latest nine o'clock. But um, so early to bed, but I do get up very early. I get up early, sometimes four thirty, five o'clock a.m. and write. I write in my book. My oncologist uh, is the local a uh, local doctor, Doctor N- John Nicholson. He's uh, he's very supportive. Um, he, he was saying both of his gran- both of his grandparents had multiple myeloma, which is kind of interesting. And he did train under Doctor Costa, and he fit, he works very very well with Doctor Costa. And Doctor Costa is my primary uh, multiple myeloma doctor, and I trust him. I he has been super supportive. Uh, very good listener. He's also got a very good nurse practitioner who is even uh, even better than he is. I mean, really good people. My primary oncologist, Dr. Nicholson, he's, a, he's very much a talker. He loves to talk. And I love listening to him because he's a very informed person. When he talks, I know to listen because... Um, this is stuff that I can learn from, but sometimes I wish he would listen more. Uh, he he knows nothing about what I do uh, apart from out of the office <laughs> uh, because he's he's usually talking, which means his doctor's appointments are always late, <laughs> but it's nice to have the time with him though too. So uh, that's my support with the doctors. I, I have had wonderful support from friends. I've had an uh, amazing number of people saying they're thinking of me and praying for me. Uh, when, once I discovered I had multiple myeloma, I began a private Facebook page that was just my journey through multiple myeloma. It's private. I, it's only it's only by invitation that people may join it. And I've got, I don't know, I haven't checked it lately, probably 80, maybe 90 people that are have that available. And I've detailed in, in pretty good summary uh, each step of the process. Now, I haven't entered anything for a long time because I feel, I'm in remission, I feel fine. I feel there's nothing much to to report. But I, I gave every everything in, uh, in that and that, that felt good. And I got lots of responses from that too. I find my multiple myeloma is very different. Uh, seems like it's very different to me from what I've heard and what I've read from others. Most people with multiple myeloma have bone pain which is very severe and I really feel s- sorry for them. My heart goes out to them because there's a lot of suffering with multiple myeloma, and thanks be to God Almighty, I have had no pain at all. Um, so, uh, other than discomfort of being sick and being um, feeling no feeling great fatigue, I am fine. I feel great. And by the way, something I left out that I, that I really need to share with you is I have. I thought I had high-risk multiple myeloma. The last time I saw Dr. Costa, he says, no, Dennis, you don't have high risk. You have ultra-high-risk multiple myeloma. I see my oncologist. Right now, we go in every three months. I see the oncologist every six months. And they measure my blood, and they can kind of tell from there if things are returning. And then I'll, i have my bone biopsy out. Next one, will be, um, next one will be in July. So I look forward to that. <laughs> For the most part, there is hope, Uh, even for someone with ultra high risk multiple myeloma. There is hope; you can go into remission, and when you get in remission, that's a good thing. Um, And multiple myeloma. myeloma, I had a nurse practitioner tell me this is the he was for she was for with uh, my local oncologist. She told me she says multiple myeloma. uh, She was very knowledgeable, by the way. She says it's it can very for the most most part can be treated pretty easily. She says, consider it being like diabetes. Diabetes can be treated. You have to kind of watch what you eat. You have to measure yourselves repeatedly. Uh, Same with multiple myeloma. If if you measure yourself uh, and play by the rules, uh, you'll probably be fine. And uh, so I don't skip any in-between stuff. If I've got a blood test coming, I take it. Um, uh, It just... I really want to be on top of it so far as possible. And I don't mind the treatment. And that's the other thing I would say. Don't don't mind the treatment. The treatment is fine. Even though I would I would go into the cancer treatment center once a week, and I would be there for uh five hours at a minimum, usually six, maybe even seven hours some days. Uh they weren't bad at all. In fact, my daughter had a wonderful way of putting it. She says, she says, consider it your spa treatment, which it kind of was. Uh, because they had a wonderful, wonderful, very comfy uh, chair for us to sit in. I have a port right here uh, under my shirt, which so it means not going through the veins. They go through the port for uh, transfusions, drawing blood, and all that stuff. So that's a very easy way to do it. I, I highly recommend a port. um Uh, Somebody asked me the other day, are you going going to get rid of your port? And I said, no, I don't plan to. (laughs) And the reason, I didn't explain it to them, but I said that multiple myeloma could come back. And I want to be prepared, so I've got a port, so there we go. So I would say, yeah, there's hope. Um, There's there's high hope, and um, take comfort in that. Um, Also, multiple myeloma generally tends to happen to people who are older, but my heart goes out to younger people because they've got a longer road ahead of them. I have a friend in, in Birmingham who I knew ahead of, beforehand uh, who's much younger than I, and he's got it. And he got in, he got in remission, and now it's returned for him. And uh, so I know it happens, and I know it's an aggravation, but God bless them. They're, they're going to be fine for the most part. I do know that some people it is fatal. I spoke with a person, a woman whose husband died of multiple myeloma, and had some of the same things that I've I've gone through, and um, it does happen from time to time. You don't hear a lot about that, but I know it does happen, and uh, it's not it's it's not a curable disease that we know of, uh, but um, but there's hope. There is plenty plenty of hope. I appreciate when when you, we work with with when the drug companies work with us. Like I really appreciate uh, uh, Bristol Scripps Meyer, because I think they're the ones that make uh, Revlimid. I have another one um, that's for my, to lower my blood platelets. I believe that's what it is. It's to help prevent another stroke. And um, that gets kind of, it gets kind of expensive. Uh, usually, I guess probably well over, probably over a thousand a year. And um Anyway, that's 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 okay. I don't mind paying. I certainly want to pay my fair score, fair share, and um, anybody that needs help, I'm so I really feel for them. There, I feel very blessed in that I am retired and receive uh, Medicare, which is most helpful. And for younger people, may not have Medicare, and so please, uh, com- drug companies, please work with the patients, work with them. One of the things, the initial diagnosis of having the multiple myeloma, I got a call. It actually was late at night from the oncologist uh, before I knew anything about it. And he says, yeah, it is cancer. It's multiple myeloma. I went to, I looked it up and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to die soon. And I went into a tailspin of depression. I, I really, really got depressed. And, um, and in retrospect, I think it was good for me because I had to deal with death. Directly. And I thought I'd already dealt with it, but I really hadn't. Um, And, and so now I'm at peace with that. If I die later this year, that's fine. Uh, But uh, I don't think I will. I'd like to live a good long life. I enjoy life enormously. I have a lot. I feel like I have a lot to give. um, Especially with my artwork. I think that's something that will, that will really long outlive me. And it seems to be very valued. And also my writings for my family. I, it's, I'm not writing for anything else. Although I have, do have books available on Amazon that anybody could buy, but they're not exactly bestsellers. Um, but I, I enjoy life enormously. I enjoy I enjoy eating. In fact, I've been eating a little too much. I enjoy breathing fresh air. I enjoy spring days. I enjoy summer days, winter days, fall days. I enjoy it all. And I enjoy the relationships. I just love life and feel very fulfilled in life and thankful for that. So my host for the future is more the same. I hope, uh, I do hope to keep improving my, I do want to keep improving my artwork. I think I am. I want to try to keep improving my writing skills. I think I am. I'd like to develop better memory, uh, work around that stroke. Something, that's something that, that stroke I had in the occipital area of my brain where my vision got uh, clouded. Uh, my brain was amazing. It, uh, it, after about three days, it totally took care of itself. and It was no, no more. I do know that strokes damage, they kill off part of the brain. So there's a, there's a region back here that's totally dead, but my brain was smart enough to work around it. And uh, give me full vision. And I appreciate that. And likewise, I think with cognitive function, the brain is smart enough to work around it. And I, so I do, I do um, brain things. I especially started when, when I was hospitalized uh, at UAB, at University of Alabama, Birmingham. I, uh, I began studying Greek. And uh, for a year and a half, I, I read Greek and tried to learn at least one Greek word every day. And uh, I learned got developed pretty good proficiency in Greek. I'd had it in college and, and in seminary. I'm a retired minister, so i I had a good background in Greek, but I really learned learned Greek pretty well. but uh, I've given up on that. I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know if it helped me a lot or not, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> My hope for the future is to live to a hundred <laughs> With, with sound mind and body. I don't know that that's going to happen, but if I live just, if I die this year, I'm fine with that. I love life. I love living. I have more appreciation for life than ever before in my life.
0: You can find our book, Reinventing Patient Centricity, at amazon.com. You can find us at zs.com. The opinions expressed by the patients in this podcast are their own. Until next time, our executive producers are Samantha Keyes and Georgiana Moreland.